Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. Happy New Year, Michelle. <sighs> Thank you. It's that time of the year when it ends. I know. Are you making any New Year's resolutions this year? You know what? I try to do every year, and I don't know if I ever accomplished any of them. <laughs> so maybe it's just to do better, you know, yeah. just in all aspects. That's, that's a good one. Just try hard. Just try harder, you know, maybe step it up a little bit better, you know? Oh, gosh. That's what I always hope for. Right? I'm going to... Uh, Hit it hard, I think, is my plan because uh, you have your GD wedding I do. coming up, and I do. I gotta look baller for that. Same I mean, girl, same. you too, whatever. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> it's about me right now. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it's coming up so fast. There's <sighs> a lot to still. I know. What'd you say? Do. 67 days? Some That's craziness? 60 something days. Oh, girl! Every time you say that to me, it just like. Makes my heart, like, palpitate a little I bit. Know, it's Ugh. so... Oh, my gosh. It's coming up so soon. Uh, well, since it's the new year, what are we drinking? Ah! Mm. French 75s. Mm. So, this is a drink I actually only have had one other time at a pretty upscale steakhouse. And it was delightful then. And it's delightful now. Mm-hmm. I think I made it slightly more delightful because I added a little bit more of the gin part of it. Mm. So, to bring us... What's in this is it's essentially a Tom Collins topped with champagne. Mm. So it's an ounce of gin, a half ounce of lemon juice, a half ounce of simple syrup. And then you shake that over ice and then pour it in your glass and top with champagne. And you are ready to go. Wow. You have a delightful sparkling little cocktail. That it's very tasty. It's going to get you schnockered faster than champagne will. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> that's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You still get the taste of champagne, yeah, with a little bit more kick with yeah. the gin. It's really good. Um, so we actually hope you have a New Year's because it's coming out on the third. So it's already, it's, it's already it's, done and it's gone. Done and gone. So hopefully you're not hungover. Yeah, hopefully your hung hangover is gone yeah, by that's now. True. <laughs> if not, you did it right. You know, yeah. that's Just right. Kidding. Drink responsibly. Don't yeah. drink and drive. Oh, well said, uh, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And also, my sister got us cute shot glasses with the podcast logo. Yeah. Uh, check it out on our on our Instagram. And, yeah. Uh, I took shots on your behalf for you. <laughs> took a few takes. Well, we had to take a few takes, <laughs> and we had to keep filling up that uh, glass. But you so know funny. what? For our listeners. Yeah, you did I it. go above and beyond. <laughs> it was that dang peppermint bark uh, rum chata. Oh, it's delicious. It is right. We yeah. didn't have any five farms, so we had to make do with what we had, and it was super good. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I mean, if we wanted to do another shot of those, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. We could take a break in the middle. Okay. All okay. Right. All right. Tell your story, Caitlin. All right. So this story is about Robin Youngblood. Robin Youngblood. Mm-hmm. Okay. She is 63 years old. And living in Darrington, Washington. Okay. Okay. Neighbor to the north. Yep. Hello. Uh, so in the early 1900s, her family actually helped the oh, community. Oh, shit. You're of... taking us back. No, no, no. Well, just listen, oh, I'm Michelle. Sorry. Okay. Just listen. <laughs> I'm sorry. New year. Michelle listens. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense. In the early 1900s, her family helped the community of Darrington 
They were Cherokee who have been forced to move to Oklahoma and Arkansas, but they end up moving in Washington. So her family kind of oh, I see. got the community going. Okay. 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 Back in the 1900s, That's not right. when our story takes place. Correct. Thank you. <laughs> so she actually lived in Hawaii for two years, but her kids asked her to move on back. I would have been like, hey, uh, sorry, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Mama's living in Hawaii. <laughs> Uh, but she did, and she moved into a mobile home on six acres. Three oh. of those acres were wetland by the river. Oh, okay. She actually ran a church anchored on her Native American heritage out of her home. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so now all that. So it's March 2014. Okay. So this is... This is the story now. now. okay. We just got some, you know, some foundation. Background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, You're Caitlin. Welcome. You're welcome. Foundation. Well put. And uh, so it's Saturday. The okay. best day. And... The best day. Well put. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Robin is in her home with a friend from her church, which is her name is Jetty Duper. And uh, they were chatting and they actually talked about a deer that they just saw. Oh, like, like out the window yeah. type situation? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're chatting about the deer. Great, great, great. Beautiful nature. Love it. Delightful. All of a sudden, they hear what it sounds like an airplane crashing. Oh. It was very loud. That does sound loud. Yeah. They both ran to the window, and what they saw was a wall of mud 20 feet high, traveling at 193 miles per hour. What? She states, all I could say was, oh my God, and then it hit us. Like a wave hit over a mobile home and pushed it up. It tore the roof off of the house. When we stopped moving, we were full of mud everywhere. What? Two minutes was the whole thing. So- Okay, sorry, go ahead. So, in two minutes that this mudslide hit her house, they traveled a quarter of a mile. Oh, shoot. So, this was a mudslide. It was a mudslide. Oh, my God. A quarter of a mile in In two two minutes. minutes. Oh, my God. That would be so, like, what is even happening? Yeah, all she had time was saying, oh, my God. And then, (laughs) bam. Ugh. And they were underwater and mud. They were lucky because the mudslide crushed the house and the roof was blown off. That allowed them to reach to the surface and hang on to the piece of roof. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. They had mud in their mouths and nose and oh. they had to quickly clear it out before suffocating. Yeah, no doubt. Oh my God. That's super scary. Right? Oh. It's not just like water. It's yeah. mud. Like it is thick. All those times of quicksand. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen that meme. It's like, I thought quicksand was going to be a much bigger issue in my adulthood. (laughs) Right? And it's like, well, maybe it is a little bit. That sounds terrifying. So now they're stuck in the freezing mud. Like, it's cold. What time of year is this again? March. Oh, yeah. A couple neighboring kids ran towards them and the mud, but Robin yelled at them to not come in the mud to try to help them, but just to call 911. Because they would probably get stuck themselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, they can't move. So they were really lucky because if they're, if it was like a stronger foundation, they could have just been stuck in the house, yeah. suffocating, can't reach the surface. Oh, oh, that is very scary. It is. So waiting for help, Robin actually sees something floating towards her. On the mud. In the mud. Ugh. Mud water. It was her prized possession, a dirt-streaked painting of a Cherokee warrior called Wolf Vision. So that was pretty much the only thing that was left from her home. Oh, my gosh. That's... That's incredible. Isn't it? Ugh. In not a very fun way. No. 
and it takes an hour before a helicopter arrives and crews extract Robin and Jetty. Oh my god. An hour waiting in fr- like freezing 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 mud. Yeah. Robin developed a cough from the hypothermia uh but that was the only thing she suffered. So she did oh, suffer okay. some hypothermia and a cough, but that was really it. Yeah, I think she's probably having to cough some mud, mud out yeah. or something. She states, I'm grateful to be alive. I have no idea how I came out without being crushed from limb to limb. Yeah. Jetty was also okay. She had some deep bruising throughout mm. her body, but overall she was okay as well. I'm amazed that there wasn't more harm I know. to their bodies, I guess. Could you imagine looking out the window like, oh no, did someone get in a car accident and just see a wall of mud? Yeah, you're delighting over a deer, deer. one second. And next yeah. thing you know, you're a quarter mile down the road and covered in mud. That would be terrifying. Her kids and grandkids, I believe, left 15 minutes before it actually hit. So oh, they went to the, the local town or something like that. So they could have been mm-hmm. all in there. Yep. Oh my gosh. So that was very... I wonder if she's like, I could have been in Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's what I would be thinking. (laughs) Lamenting the whole time. Absolutely. Well, she could hardly sleep for a week because every time she closed her eyes, she would just see mud coming at her. Oh, my God. I I can't even imagine. Like. No. It just sounds so scary. Luckily, we're in an area where, well, I don't know about you. There was mudslides. actually a mudslide that closed uh, oh, yeah. the road just yeah, recently. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, fortunately, not quite by my house, but I think we're okay where we are specifically. Right. But yeah, I could yeah. see kind of further down the road and things. Um, I could see that too. Yeah, that's Some true. more mudslides. And there's just a lot of forest and things yeah. on the side of the road, you know. A lot but of how beautiful and... it is. It's still really unstable land. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. All right. So uh, Robin said that the prior owner of the property told her nothing of any risk and neither did the county. Mm. And a report from the Army Corps of Engineers warned in 1999 that the mountain was unstable and there was a grave danger of a future catastrophic event. Oh, so they kind of knew ahead of time yeah. a little bit. I mean, even though it was like 2014, that's still, I don't know. I mean, it, it would be scary. Yeah, I mean, you kind of hope for a little bit of a heads up yeah, when you're buying the place. Yeah. Instead of saying like, ah, nah, it's you're all good. good. Yeah. So Robin is mad and pissed because why would the county let people live there if they knew about a potential disaster? Yeah. Robin is thankful to be alive, and she has actually been a busy lady. Mm. She is a member of the Society of Shamanic Practitioners and Grandmother Circle, the Earth Foundation and a council of wisdom keepers throughout the world who assist elder women to form councils to address challenges in their local areas, fulfilling the ancient prophecies that say, this is the time for women to step forward to address the changes in the modern world that we face. Mm, I want to be part of this circle. That was a struggle, sorry. Uh, (laughs) No, yeah, isn't that cool? I think... uh, I think that's amazing, actually. I find that very interesting, like the history and like the Cherokee people and such. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. And for them to keep that alive and such. I know. For... Thank goodness. I know, well done. right? I mean, against, I mean, really against all odds. Mm-hmm. I mean, frankly. No, I mean, Ugh. I think it's great that, uh, well, it, it's sweet that she came back to her roots um, and with her kids. 
tragic that she, you know, I would be pissed I ever left Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Ever. Hawaii has volcanoes, though. I guess we do, too. But, uh... Yeah, they actually, they do have active volcanoes, as we've Mm -hmm. heard from other stories. That's true. That's right. Fly a helicopter down into them and... Get stuck, you know? Indeed. Mm. Oh, gosh. Well, uh... Damn, I just keep thinking of, what's that outside? Oh my gosh. And then, boom, you're hit with a giant mudslide. Yeah. Isn't that's it, very scary. I think that's the, I think it's one of the scariest things is just being in a really, in your safe place and relaxed. And then all of a sudden, within seconds. Something terrible happens. You almost died. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's like, you're supposed to be safe in your home. Um, so make it, it not a safe place. And you lose everything. I mean. Uh, well, in the, like the mud, that sounds even more scary than like an avalanche, you know, cause I've mm. read some books about avalanches and things yeah. and getting stuck in the snow and, and that is scary enough, mm-hmm. but the idea of freaking getting all that happening, but now it's mud and it's like, you can't even like dig your way out of it. Cause right. it's just, you know, very similar to quicksand or something like that. There's right. probably a lot of water in it and mm-hmm. you know, we're saturated here in the Northwest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a ton of snow lately. Yeah. Or, I, man, a ton of rain, and then we had snow on top of it. Yeah, it's okay. kind of sucked. The yeah. snow is beautiful to look at, but I'm done yeah. with it. So. Yeah. But good on you, Robin. For 63, I mean, yeah. to fart her way through mud. And and she's not even having it. No. She's going to get to those authorities and oh, tell yeah. them what's what. No, absolutely. I yeah. appreciate that. And her insurance, I think, covered like her house and such like that. So I think she's doing well um now so and she's still in washington Mm. she's not that far from actually where the uh landslide happened so well she's a quarter mile down the road now (laughs) (laughs) i shouldn't say that (laughs) that's actually pretty funny that was good michelle i like that do we need uh, another little refill on our yeah, let's do a little French refill. 75s, and then I'll tell you actually kind of a similar story. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right, we'll be back. Okay, we're back. <laughs> our break was like... Six way, hours, yeah, I think. it was way longer. We got chatting, you know, had some more drinks. We had more drinks. We got into wedding planning. Yeah. It was a whole thing. <laughs> oh, my God. So we apologize because poor Michelle has to tell her story now. I know. So- <laughs> So like, good luck. Good I luck. think I'm a little drunker than I was a little while ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Okay. But okay. Here we go. Okay. There are some Japanese locations in this. So I'm just going to tell you that right now. I'm going to wing it okay. and just hope for the effing best. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So we are going back to 2014. You know what? Oh, that's where my story was. My God. Is it the same storm? Is it? Well, we're in Japan, not in Washington. All right. So back to 2014. And this story is about Airman First Class Brandon Miles and Airman First Class Roderick Jones. Fancy. So we got Miles and Jones. Let's just call them that from now on. There was a typhoon that was going on in Okinawa. And so these two guys were stationed in Japan at the time. And they were heading to their little hut that was in front of this, like, U.S. base. So, they're okay. U.S. soldiers in Japan. Yeah. This hut that they were heading to is just like a little, um, like a security hut. When you're, there's a, you know, people drive up, you check their names or whatever, and then you let them through. Okay. So, that's what they're, yeah. they're looking at. 
And so it's just raining and raining. And so at 10 o'clock at night, they arrive for their shift where they have to hang out in this guard shack. And um, they were like, ha, 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 I hope this, like, I bet the rain is going to be, like, come up to this shack by the time morning comes. And, you know, because it's just raining and raining. And they saw that they were kind of underneath, like, an overpass. I guess. And there was Mm. this sort of pond building underneath there that wasn't normally there. Okay. And so they were like, check that out. Yeah. We're probably going to have so much rain. It's going to hit the shack by morning. And they're like, uh, no, hopefully we'll be off shift by the time, you know, any flooding reaches us. Interesting. So they went in inside this concrete shack and it was dry and snug Mm. inside there. So we have Jones who is a, as it says here, yes. a husky six foot two, 20 year old from Houston. Okay. He got ready and settled behind the desk to kind of get ready for a shift. And then there's Miles, who is 21 mm-hmm. from Oklahoma City, who is four inches shorter and 50 pounds lighter. Okay. This comes in later. Oh. Okay. That's the only reason I'm bringing this up now. <laughs> we love the details. So, yeah. So they were uh, both part of the Air Force and both responsible for law enforcement and their base. Oh, my God. And their base defense. Good Lord, girl. I apologize, Miles and Jones, right now. I apologize, Caitlin. She got me drunk. She was like, take a shot, take a shot, take a shot. And I was like, okay. It's for the gram. It's for the gram. (laughs) (laughs) It's for the gram. I can't ever say that. That's Why? Just know I will never say thing. for the gram. Fair enough. Unless we're talking about like a gram of coke. <laughs> okay. All right. So back to Miles and Jones. Yes. So Miles and Jones have actually known each other for some time. Oh, nice. And so they're close friends. They've known each other since basic. And so they were, you know, kind of excited to be having the shift together. Yeah. I mean, as excited as you could be about having a shift together. Right, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that night they uh, spent their time studying their workbooks for their career development nice. that they were doing, their career development course that they were taking. And then they were opening the entrance gate for the few people that came in and out. So at dawn, they look out and it's still pouring. It's just sheeting oh, down rain like crazy. Okay. So that pond that they had first spied upon yeah. when they were coming in is now getting closer and closer to oh. their little concrete hut. And they're like, oh, wow. And so uh, Miles is like, haha, I told you the rain was going to get in and reach the hut by morning. Uh-huh. You know, and sure enough, he was correct. So now there's several inches of water covering the pavement around this little hut. It's 6.30 in the morning, and then all of a sudden they heard a large crashing sound. Oh. Much like our... Airplane. Yeah, Yeah. our poor woman with the mud. Um, And so looking out, they saw what would have been like a shallow uh, pool was now knee-deep and a chocolate-covered torrent. So this pool of water Uh is now being filled with twigs and debris and all kinds of other crap because there's stuff like coming Uh in and so they were like oh crap we better get out of here yeah like this doesn't seem safe anymore now that we're seeing all these branches and shit like coming in oh my gosh and so they go to open the door and they can't open the door what the pressure of the water coming now around the shack is keeping the door shut 
and You're stuck in there. There, yeah. So Miles is like. Jones, you get in here. You're yeah. bigger, as we know. <laughs> right. You try to get it. So he threw his weight against the door and without success. Wow. So the water now is becoming beginning to seep underneath the door. <gasps> so it's coming. It's rising up around this concrete shack. Oh. But now it's coming in through the threshold. And, and they can't get out. They cannot. Oh they cannot gosh. get the door open. So they're like... We're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get someone out here to help us right away. So they call Sergeant Kevin Spain and they're like, we'll send someone out as soon as we can. But patrols are tied up right now. There's may I guess there was minor flooding all around this whole base. And there were security people already out trying to keep traffic moving and pe- people moving like through this water so they okay. didn't get stuck in this flood. And so he was like, I'm not sure when we can get somebody out there, but we will try. He radioed an alert to his troops that were scattered all over. And he waited to hear a response. And 15 minutes went by with like no response. Oh, no. And so that's when a Humvee returned to the headquarters. And so Spain is like... You guys got to get in here and you guys got to get out to the security hut. Mm -hmm. So, because our boys need help. They went around and they went to, I guess, to like the perimeter of the base. But it was impossible. So, all the ways that they tried to get to this hut, Mm -hmm. it was too flooded. And so, they were unable to get to the hut at that point. So, there was just like, oh, shit. So, now we're right around 7 in the morning. So before okay. we were at six in the morning, yeah. now it's seven in the morning. Okay. They are trying to work furiously to try to get someone down to right. this shack to help get these guys out. So they have a fire truck there and they look like they're going to try to take the fire truck down, but they can't actually find the key for it. What? And it was inside a gated area and no one can find the key to the gate. Oh my gosh, of course. And so they look down at the guard shack and at this point the the shack is almost completely submerged. So oh, it is no. almost completely underwater. And oh so they had been able to sort of watch what was going on through all the videotapes. Like, the, I guess there was cameras all around the shack. Oh, okay. And so they were able to kind of, you know, like me with my ring, like watching oh, ferociously, right. you know, who's outside, coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were watching that. And then all of a sudden, all the cameras went blank. So what had happened is the water got up to the cameras and <gasps> submerged them. And so they weren't even able to like see what was going on anymore down in this area it's all full of water it's completely oh full of water oh my gosh oh my gosh it's so stressful and so now at this point they're like we're gonna be fishing for bodies yeah we're not gonna be trying to save people so miles and jones down in the shack are are sort of working to try to figure a way out of their situation so the first thing they did which was super smart is they turned off the circuit breaker in the shack so they would not get electrocuted by oh, the water coming in so that's smart that's smart, smart smart i probably would have not have thought of that i wouldn't either so at this point now flood water is coming in through the windows as well as underneath the threshold and it's it's about to their shins so the water is coming up in the shack they're unable to get out and now the water's at their shins Ugh. 
Jones crouches on the desk and Miles is perched on a stool and the water soon has crept up to their waist. So fast. Yeah, it's coming in. I don't think, because really all this takes place in like three hours, maybe this whole story. So yeah, they were like, haha, look at the water out there. Boom, now we're submerged and now the shack is filling up with water in like no time. So they kind of are still trying to look out for help on the way, Mm -hmm. you know, hoping. And they did get super excited because they saw rescuers coming. Oh. But then they came to a a halt before they hit the water. So they're still a ways out. And then it got to a point where all they could see was small little fish. Like swimming through the water in the murky water outside (gasps) of the hut. Now the shack is still continuing to fill up and it's like up to their chins. Oh, so no. it's they're close. Yeah, they're struggling to stay calm and they're trying to like tell each other jokes to like, Aww. you know, keep themselves sane, I'm presuming. And, and oh, I like this. They told each other jokes, not all of them printable. So <laughs> they're telling see, each other dirty jokes in there. So now it's just really becoming harder and harder for them to distract themselves. From the peril that they are in. They were joking. They were kind of watching a spider skitter about and kind of making fun of it. But now they're like, what are we going to do? Yeah. So they call up Spain again. And they're like, we want to try to shoot the windows out. And Sergeant Spain was like, no, you're going to kill yourselves, essentially. The bullets will ricochet off the windows. All those windows are bulletproof. And they'll just ricochet and you'll be hit you and you'll be killed. And so they were like, you know what? No, we're just going to try it. There's so much water in here that we don't think it's going to ricochet. So they went ahead and kind of, it sounded like go against orders and then try to shoot out the windows. Wow. So they shot at the windows Uh and it apparently just barely even dented it before they sunk down into the water. So they did not. That did, that yeah. was not successful. So well, it's good to know those windows work. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> those are bulletproof for sale is what we're saying. So now they're turning to each other and kind of saying their last goodbyes. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, they're like, if we don't make it, I just want you to know I love you, brother. And just all and it's oh. just like, I, you know, shut up. I love, I love you, you too, you. man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just yeah. pure nightmare. And so they're just sort of preparing for the worst. So a firefighter came and was going to get that fire truck out of the gate and get it down to help him. So he found some bolt cutters and just cut through the lock and opened the gate and got that fire truck out. They ended up actually having to swim towards it and they were like swimming over barbed wire and like all kinds of craziness. Oh my gosh. And they had to go underwater to sort of help cut through the lock. I mean, so everything is just submerged. I mean, everything is flooded. They ended up like having to abandon the fire truck because they were going to like drive it down there and get it closer, but yeah, it there's didn't. No way. Yeah, there's no way. So they ended up going down closer to the shack mm-hmm. and trying to swim out. So what they did is they had the Air Force and some Japanese civilians and they rigged a rope line from the truck to the shack. 
And they began bringing tools down and rescuers down to try to get these guys out of the shack. And so now there's seven or eight men standing on top of the shack's roof. Because that's the only thing that they can get to. Oh. Because everything else is completely uh. submerged. So this freaking hut yeah. was well built, as it turns out. Right, yeah. Good there job. is a foot, 12 inches of concrete on the roof. So they are trying to hack down through this concrete with axes and sledgehammers, these eight men to try to get to these guys. Wow. So they worked in shifts and, but the shack had been built to resist grenades. Oh my gosh. The furious pounding left it virtually unscathed. You feel so safe in this until a flood comes. <laughs> and, and then you can't get out and oh you're completely fucked. Gosh. So now Jones and Miles inside are treading water. So they are, they're within, they just have a couple inches of breathing room left. Oh my god! The whole thing is filling up. So they ended up like dropping the radio because that was their one communication out just so they could keep their hands free to keep themselves up on the top of the water. Mm -hmm. So now the only sounds are their rapid breathing and the sloshing of the flood and the muffled blows of the sledgehammer above that is not doing anything. So, Miles, who was raised by a single mother, just kept like, don't do this to my mom. Don't do this to my mom. I know. And so now another fire truck comes, and they're delivering a K-12 rotary saw, which was specially designed for first responders. I don't know what that is, but I'm assuming it's meant to be able to like maybe get through cement or something like okay. that. Actually, now yeah. I feel like we got to look up what What's a K a K12 rotary saw. K-12. It has a large and powerful engine and is specialized to you know, it's specialized cutter that's very easy to handle and flexible to use. So it's oh. good for rescues. Anyway, okay. So they had this saw. <laughs> that's the point. So around the same time Uh as they bring the saw out, Jones sort of bobs up and bumps his head on the ceiling Uh and sort of the ceiling tile came down when he bumped his head. So they were like, oh, we have hope. We can try to get all the ceiling material down Mm -hmm. and we can get up through that ceiling material. Interesting. And so at least I think what they're trying to do is just create more breathing room so they have a little bit more time. Oh, okay, yeah. Makes sense. And so now they're just tearing at this, at the metal and everything where the all the ceiling the struts bottom, yeah. yeah, hung. And so they just tore all that down. So what it ended up doing is sort of fell away and gave them more headroom, as I was saying. So they had a little bit more breathing room. So... Once they sort of made way for their own headroom, they heard that saw sort of roar to life. The saw was able to actually get through that concrete. Oh. So rescue is now on the way. So close. (laughs) So close. So the uh, Miles and Jones are inside. They can hear that saw going. And they're like, yay. (laughs) They're, They're super excited. And so now within minutes... There is two 18-inch slits that have appeared above him, above them. And so now, like, sort of sunlight is coming through Yay. these, like, little slits in this concrete. A glimmer of hope. A glimmer of hope. So they smelled exhaust and the grit 
kept spraying their faces. And then came a very loud grating sound followed by silence. And they were like, keep going! (laughs) Don't stop! So on the roof, the saw was jammed. Is what no. they saw. Yeah. The rescuers like, no, our saw doesn't work anymore. So they got their sledgehammers back out and their chisels and crowbars and anything they can find and just started God. like hammering at mm. it like crazy. And so now chunks of concrete are coming in and hitting Miles and Jones, but I doubt they even cared. Oh, no. So so slowly the slits became actually a hole (gasps) where they were able to, there was, I guess, layers of inch thick rebar and all kinds of stuff that made it really difficult. But they used an axe and a bolt cutter to try to chew through all the rebar. Oh, my gosh. All the while, the water's still coming up. Oh, my gosh. And so now the men are still trapped with just inches to go. Just like, ah. Finally, they were able to open up sort of a rough square. And a hand reached down. And they were able to get miles up and out. Oh, my gosh. So, ah. So now it's Jones' turn. Yeah. And he goes, and his shoulders are too wide. No! <laughs> so they're, he couldn't fit. So they just frantically tried to expand the hole, and they were trying to get uh, Miles off to the ambulance. And Miles' like, no, not without my man Aww. down there. He's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until my wingman does. And so around 730 Uh, which is about an hour or so after they originally radioed for help, uh, Jones was able to get up and out. And the whole time, I mean, it was, I guess, he barely made it. He was, like, gasping for breath. (gasps) And, like, the water was just right there. They barely got him out. So everyone hugged and cheered and yay. And at that moment, as soon as Jones came out, the rain stopped. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Of course. So Miles and Jones were physically unharmed That's from the awesome. ordeal, but they said they were changed in other ways. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I mean, come on. That they both discovered that they had lost their sort of sense of immortality mm-hmm. that often young men have, or I think any young person yeah. has. I don't think it's just men. Yeah. <laughs> um, Miles said it made him much more introspective and he actually sort of felt the value of his life for the first Aww. time. And then Joan suddenly awakened and sort of felt like, before I die, I want to do something with my career that leaves an impression. So they were both sort of changed by this experience. And the guard shack apparently was also changed by this experience. I hope so. Its roof was fitted with an emergency escape hatch after that. Oh, good. And 17 responders from the Air Force received medals for their courage in the flood. Oh, that's nice. And Joan said they were there for us all the way and they were doing they were willing to do whatever it took to get them out. So there you have it. Our... So they, yeah, I oh my gosh. I mean, in the beginning, like nothing's gonna get through that shelter. Like if you're in that shelter, you are safe until there's water <laughs> involved. So it's uh, good they did an emergency hatch just in case of that thing. But yeah. could you imagine this is the way you would go after you're like in more no. In the well, army or just, Air Force. Air Force. And um 
Yeah, just being like, yeah, we should probably skedaddle. Let's get out of here. And then you can't open the door yeah. because there's too much water against it. That's terrifying. It is terrifying. Oh, my God. What I learned from Mythbusters oh. is if you're in a, well, it's not the same, but if you're in a car. And you well, I do and- know you can't open your car door, of course, once it's submerged. No, once the air pressure is the same, so once you're completely submerged, now the pressure is equal because... So does the inside of the car have to be filled with water yes. as well? Yes. Oh. So you try... Like, that's what they did is, like, you try, have to stay calm until everything is, like, filled. Your car is totally filled and you should be able to open the, the car door because the pressure is the same inside and out. Oh. So it'd be easier to open the door because... Once you're on the verge of being suffocated. <laughs> I see. Once you're on the verge of dying, you can open the door. You know, (laughs) it's fine. You just have to keep calm, Michelle. I do have a thing in my car just in case. Like, oh, um, do you a window breaker thing? I well, it's not technically a window breaker. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, though, I do think Joel got one for Christmas. Oh, nice. (laughs) No, it's like a chunk of metal that Joel did at some blacksmithing class, Uh and so it's a really heavy piece of metal with a very sharp end on one end. So. So if I ever needed to like stab someone, I could, or break the window, I could. If you leave the house. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That felt very pointed. <laughs> I never want to leave the house and you know it. You're like that no. guy used no. against me. <laughs> no, you're just prepared. You are a prepared woman, so. I like to be pre- I did find myself very upset at Starbucks one time. Why? And was just like, I might stab someone with this thing. <laughs> No, just kidding. Okay. okay. I wouldn't really stab someone. Did I think about it? Yes. It always crosses everyone's mind. Yeah. Well, you cut me off. It wasn't nice. Oh, that's not nice. No. No, indeed. That's not nice. (laughs) Did he deserve to get stabbed? No. No. Did I stab him? No. No, see? But I thought about it. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. That's just so, I mean, that just sucks. You're supposed to be somewhere that's safe and yet it almost kills you. You know, it's just. I used Mother to want nature, that man. so bad where I used to have fantasies when I was a kid and stop me if I've told you this before hmm. where like the bathtub or the bathroom would fill up with water and I could just swim oh, in yes, it the I whole time. Oh. But no. You need a pool, girl. <laughs> just get a pool. <laughs> just... Someday. Someday. So you can swim and yeah. live your best life oh. in the water. All right. It's time to wrap it up. Now all we're right. talking about all this water. I need to go to the restroom. That's fair enough. All right, goodbye. No, it's New Year's. <laughs> Should we have a little cheers? Happy yes. New Year's. Pretend so, it's midnight. Yes. Happy New Year. Woo. Hope this year is great to you and yours. And uh, we hope you enjoy this podcast. And we hope you continue to listen because yeah. we're going to keep doing this. So uh, we love it. Don't drown. Don't drown. In, a, in your home or a shack. In water or mud. Yes. Just don't. Well put. Thank well you. put. All right. See you next time, guys. Woo-hoo! Bye. 22.